0: You're listening to The Right to Be
1: Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So I have a surprise for all my listeners. Uh, Due to the nature of the topic, uh, the topic today is marriage, I decided as my surprise co-host, to bring in my wife, Silvana A.R., the old ball and chain.
2: Speak for yourself. I meant,
0: I meant the young, hot ball and chain. That's what I meant. Silvana, <laughs> welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks. So Silvana so, and I have been married for five years come September. Um, we have two and a half kids. I say half because she's, <laughs> she's with child. Yeah, she's with child. And uh, we have two boys and our third come September will be a daughter our first one so everyone always tells me that
2: baby girl right
0: my uh, life will change when I have a baby girl we'll find out right so again like I said today's topic will focus on marriage what the church says about marriage uh, you know what what you should focus on as a couple to make your marriage great so,
2: So every episode, Sean picks a Bible quote to kind of touch on the subject. And so for this one being that it is about marriage, we figured that a quote from Ephesians was actually very fitting, which states the following, "'Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her.'" for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church.
0: I think that's very beautiful. A lot of um, guys, either my age or younger, they fail to, um, if they pick that Bible code, either for their, their wedding day or whatever it may be, fail to miss the importance of that. Just the way Jesus gave his life up for the church, we as men, you know, should give up our lives for our families, for our wives, for our children. And not just be selfish, but be selfless. So, speaking of being selfless, I have two wonderful guests on our podcast today. And they're actually a married couple, and their names are Jason and Jennifer Abru. Jason and Jennifer, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Sean and Silvano.
1: Thanks for having us. Um, I'm glad to fill in for Kim and Kanye.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, man, you're a lot better guest than they are. Uh, so, to be, so to be honest, uh, Jennifer is actually my cousin. So I know I, know I said Abru, but she's really an AR. But we'll let that slide today, Jason, because you know, we're doing a marriage one. So we'll let her be Abru today, right, on the podcast. So Jason, Jennifer, I was talking to you guys earlier, and you guys were mentioning how you guys do the marriage prep class. Can you guys tell me a little bit about that and how you guys started.
3: Uh, before we go on to that, Sean, I would just like to say that I'm a proud Abu. Thank you very much.
0: Ooh.
2: Yeah, go okay. Jennifer. <laughs>
0: it's a marriage <laughs> one,
1: comment, Jennifer. Um, we got involved with the Marriage Prep Program a couple years ago. Um, they, they, they asked us to, I guess we were... Um,
3: we got an email. When they re- redid the program, they sent emails out to people that they felt, you know, had a good marriage. We went to ECRC for the night and... After that, we got involved with the program. We fell in love with it. And it was actually very surprising for both of us. We weren't sure if we would do it, but turns out that we felt comfortable and we really loved the program. So we started doing it and here we are almost two years later.
0: Nice. How long have you guys been married? 15 years. 15, 15 years.
3: Congratulations. Years. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. You
0: yes. got 10 more on me and Silvana, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're married to each other. Yeah. And yes. Congratulations.
1: The bun in the oven
0: too.
3: Congratulations! I appreciate it, man. Thank thank you, you, thank you very
0: much. So, I I was talking with. Uh, you know, representatives from the ECRC, and they were telling me that the marriage retreat actually happens twice a year. So for our listeners who are listening and you're interested in um, anything that we talk about in the podcast today, or if you're interested in in, uh, talking to Jennifer and Jason uh, about marriage prep or, you know, visiting ECRC to learn more about all the topics that we're going to talk about, they do hold two marriage retreats a year. And I believe the next one is being held in November. And I was talking to on which, which, November
3: third,
0: twentieth. Oh, twenty. Sorry, November twentieth. And I do know, come September, there is going to be more marriage ministry involved in ECRC. So, if you wanted to know more about this, you can visit ECRC.us to visit um, that site and get more information about what we're going to be talking about. So, you guys do the marriage prep, correct?
3: Yeah.
1: Correct. So, uh, kind of touch on the marriage prep back in like twenty eighteen. The church decided to you know, they, they realized that our, our marriage program wasn't working the best. And um uh Bishop Francis and the ECRC kind of teamed up to to revamp our marriage program and they created um kind of a four week, three hour program. It's it's um one day every week for four weeks, uh for three hours. Um and each night covers a different topic.
0: Nice, and I know we're going to be touching on one of those on a few of those topics tonight. Um, but like I said, if you you know if you're interested in these topics, or if you're engaged or married, or whatever it be, you can go to ecrc.us and learn more about these topics. If you want to get involved in these retreats or the marriage prep. Um, so here on here on the right to be Catholic podcast, obviously this is a Catholic podcast. We love everybody and we respect everyone's views, but we obviously are going to agree and preach the Catholic view on everything. We're proud of it. That's why we have the right to be Catholic, right? So the church's stance, the Catholic Church's stance on marriage is this that uh, if you want to have a valid Catholic marriage, it has to be between a man and a woman. And Jason and I were actually talking about this and Jason you, you brought the Bible quote. You wanna read that Bible quote? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, Um, God was very clear on his stance on marriage, right? That's why he created Adam and Eve. And in the Bible, it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, and one flesh uh, speaks to the sexual bond between a man and a woman for procreation.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, brother. Unfortunately, a lot of people in society today don't agree with that stance, but, you know, we're here to preach the the word of God, right? And that's what he says. So, you know, speaking of um, clinging, so leaving your father and mother and, and clinging to your wife. So Savannah and I, when we were doing our marriage prep and, you know, thankfully we have a more advanced marriage prep now. It wasn't, it was like, what, three classes tops that we went to yeah, like an hour each?
2: It might've been just like two, like twice and you go for an hour. We saw, um, it was actually with two different priests. I mean, it was groups of people or couples. Like 30. Um, Yeah. And so it wasn't, Um, it wasn't a long process, so I think it definitely is great that it is being revamped.
0: No, it's funny because, um, so when we were there, that, that Bible code came up and then father Rudy was the priest that was residing over that, that, that prep. And he said, okay guys. So he went to all the guys in the room and he was saying, Hey, so if your mom and your wife were in an argument, who would you choose? (laughs) Knowing that
2: your wife, knowing, he said, knowing that your wife is the right one.
0: And he went to everybody. Everyone's laughing like, my wife? And we're like, we're looking at our, like our fiance's like, my wife? Right. And then there was one guy, he was an older gentleman. You could tell he was older. And no matter what Father Rudy said, even if said, okay, wait a minute, your wife is right. Or your mom is right. Whatever. He said, my mother, he never went. uh, And I was looking at my wife now or my fiance at the time, but my wife now, and I was like, this guy's not going to make it. (laughs) You know, I'm like, He's not picking it. <laughs> he just nice. told us the answer. Right. So that's crazy. Yeah. But again, like I said, I'm, I'm happy that they have more and more about that right now. So another another part, you know, especially in the wedding vows, I, I remember when they were uh, praying over Savannah and I in the church. And they were saying like how, you know, me being the man, I'm the head of the household. And a lot of guys let that go to their heads. And they think, OK, because I'm the head of the household, that everyone has to be my servant. And I'm the master. Right. But Jason, I want since you're the head of your household, I wanted to get your take on that.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that both men and women misinterpret what head of the house or, or man of the house means. Um, it doesn't mean to command or demand. It means to lead, you know, to be a leader in your house, to be selfless, to put your wife ahead of you, ahead of you, put your family before yourself. Um. Someone who will protect them, fight for their family and for their wife. You know, it says in the Bible, um, uh, Christ married the church and Christ uh, and gave himself up for her. And that's what you have to do in your marriage. You have to give yourself up for your wife. And that's what it means to be the head of the house.
0: You know, listen, brother. I swear to you, whatever you just said right now is perfect. And a lot of guys don't realize that that right there, what you just said, is being a man. That is manly. And a lot of guys, Mr. President said, oh, but if I do that, then I'm not a man. But what they don't understand is that's what truly makes you a man, right? Doing these kind of things, doing what God intended you to do to become that head of a house, to become the like I said, the man of the house. You know, um, Sylvain and I go to um, um, St. Thomas Church. That's the church that we belong to. And the pastor there, Father uh, Bashar, we always sit with him. He's our spiritual advisor. In his office, there's a picture of the Holy Family. And I swear to you, it's the perfect representation of what head of the house means. And let me describe this picture to you guys, because I want you guys to think about this picture. And if you're listening to the podcast, think about this picture. And if you know who Father Bashar is, go in his office and look at this picture. So it's it's the, it's the Holy Family, and G, G, Mary is holding Jesus, baby Jesus, and he's leaning on her. His eyes are like semi-closed. Her eyes are closed as well, and she's leaning on St. Joseph, and he's hugging her. But if you look at the picture, so Jesus and Mary's eyes are closed, but St. Joseph's eyes are completely open, symbolizing she. the the comfort she feels being with him and him being the protector, having his eyes always open and ready to protect the family. That to me is the perfect representation of, you know, head of the house.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jesus sacrificed himself for his church. I mean, he gave himself up for the church. And um, as the church submits to Christ, a, a wife should submit to her husband And what I mean by submit, another word that is very misinterpreted is basically when I reach for her hand, she must give it to me. She must trust that I will protect her. She must have confidence that I am going to do everything in my power to lead her in the right direction. And for her to submit to me, it's not something I take from her. It is something that she wants to give to me. She wants me to be the man of the house to lead her family down the right path.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. The, the problem with today, society has taught that, you know, and if you give up of yourself, it makes you weak, and you know the, the role of men and women nowadays has been so skewed that what you just said right there a lot of women say like wait but i'm i've worked on myself and i'm so proud of myself and look what i've accomplished and i'm just gonna let this person leave but they don't understand you could work together and still be the head of the house and her still be wife and you still be husband and there's still you could both still be successful and powerful with each other
1: you can be i totally agree and i think um you know, a, a lot, m- most women that are put in a position of being the leader of the house, they didn't choose to be in that role. They were put in that role because their their spouse maybe couldn't lead or, or wasn't that type of person. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, You know, I married you, Sean, you know, my wife all your life. You know, I married a very strong woman. I mean, That's you think she's going to <laughs> listen to me? how do you think your wife or my wife would look at me if I was weak, if I wasn't strong, if I didn't want to leave my family, if I didn't want to take that responsibility, right. how was she going to look? How is a woman going to look at her husband who can't do that?
0: You know, I, 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 Simona, don't I always tell you that? Yeah. Like when we see other couples, I'm like, what the heck just happened here? And I was like, you know, like, the role was reversed in that marriage. And I thought someone do you want me to be like that? She's like, No, I'm like, Thank God, because I can never be like that.
1: Yeah.
3: So I, I, I like on
1: most of that position they, they didn't choose to be in that role. No. Mm-hmm. I promise you. And they're not happy. Most most marriages in, in that position, they either they're either miserable or they end up in divorce. Well, thank God it's not us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, I
2: was going to say, like, I feel like even before we got married, like, Sean and I talked about this, and I'm very traditional in the sense that, um, yeah, of course, I believe in, you know, an equal marriage or a wife having a say, you know, communicating um, with each other on things that are important, you know, when we're making important decisions. But um, at the end of the day, uh, just like, you know, what Jason, what you and Sean are talking about, like, I do want my husband to be the head of the household. I want him to lead our family, you know, to lead our children, um, to be strong in his faith. Uh, because, you know, I, I feel like it is the man's responsibility to do that. As much as a wife and a mother has her duties, uh, a man and a husband has his own. And I feel like that is one of them, being the head of the household.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I married her, right? <laughs> So, you know, um, before I go into what I want to go next about expectations of a marriage, you know, and like planning the wedding day versus the marriage, um, Jason and I were talking earlier and Jennifer about a statistic that, you know, he knew about and I also read about as well. And I've mentioned it before in the podcast when we were talking about, you know, being the head of the house, not only just means something, you know, where it's just me and my wife, but also our children. And they they did a statistic years ago that showed that even if, the wife or, you know, mother is a, is a devout church goer and go, you know, so obviously going to church all the time that the, that the children will will not be as uh, regular church goers as if when the, fa- when they see the father going to church on a regular basis. And they've done, they done studies for this like oh, years and years. And they've seen that when the father goes, the children are more prone to become regular church goers as well. Jason, remember you and I were talking about this.
1: John, the, the statistic is crazy. When when the man leads his family to church, um, th- it's it's a seventy percent chance that the kid that the children will follow. Isn't it like thirty when, when the wife? When the wife, yes. When the wife leads the family, when the wife is the one leading the family to church, there's only a thirty percent chance that the children will follow. I mean, that's what kind of impact the man of the house has on 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 and, and, and spiritual, and worship, yeah, spiritual leadership.
0: So, you know, we were talking about, uh, Sylvana brought up expectations, and, you know, um, so Jennifer and Silvana, when you guys were planning your wedding day, did you guys think about um, just the wedding day itself and the, 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 the details that go into, like, you know, the dress, the flowers, the band, the hall? I mean, we all talked about that. We all planned it. But did you guys, did you as a couple... I'm gonna ask you, Jennifer. Did you guys, as a, as a couple, plan where you're gonna live first? How many kids you're gonna have? How are you guys gonna raise them? Stuff like that.
3: So I'm going to use the word. Unfortunately, no. We did talk about where we we're gonna live because our quote-unquote instant conflict with East Side West Side. So is ours. So, so, so is to ours. work that. Out. But the, the marriage classes we went to and not to knock them at the time it was appropriate, you know, but they weren't, you know, good. They didn't make us think about the future. We just thought we love each other. We didn't care. We didn't go any further, really. I mean, maybe we dabbled in some conversation, but nothing serious before we but- got married.
0: No, hundred percent. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Savan and I talked about where we're gonna live. We talked, you know, little things like you know how many kids. We, we knew our firstborn's name because we both liked the name, and that that is his name today. His name is John Paul because we love Pope John Paul. Um, but you know, we didn't talk about like finances, how many kids we wanted <laughs> to have, what her expectations are versus what my expectations are. Yeah. And you know, listen to whoever's listening on the podcast right now. You know, take take our you know, misstep as yours to, to prep more for your marriage. And I strongly recommend that, you know, and thank God that our marriage is great. And I, I see your marriage is great as well. Now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's always been, but you know, now it's, you know, the day yeah, Right. Um, but I mean, have that open, honest conversation about like what your expectations are, you know, what your finances are like, what can we do? What can we, def- what can we afford? Where are we going to live? How many kids do you want to have? Cause those are the kind of things that you don't want to have after you say, I do. It right. gets and really I think
3: crazy. a lot, of people, a lot of people think expectations is just such a misconception about expectations. They think it's more of a demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, an expectation is almost like it's not required, but it's almost like a request in a way, you know, like to, to have that opportunity to be honest in what you're, expectations are
1: you know of each other you know 100%. and i cool. go ahead john
0: no no i was saying like i agree 100 percent. you know it's sad because a lot of times divorce happens because of unmet expectations mm-hmm. in a marriage and you're like I thought we were gonna do this when did we ever talk about this or when did we ever mention this and it's like but i just thought this okay but we never mentioned this in our in our you know when we were planning to get married like i said jennifer we were in love right so but listen i will tell you this and i'm not saying i'm not saying love is not pure and love is great but you know when i was in college i actually went to become a therapist but then i stopped right but you know in my in my studies to become a therapist they were talking about how the, our professor said, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to look at the person next to you and you're going to say, I don't love this person anymore. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, it hasn't happened to me yet. I know, not her, definitely, but you know, <laughs> but but one day it's going to happen. And he said, that love that you that you felt when you first met up, it's going to go away. But what's going to be there, hopefully what's left, is what you guys have built together. And that's where a lot of couples nowadays don't, don't think about that. What are we going to build together? We love each other. Fine. But is that it? Yeah.
2: Like the foundation. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've been married 15 years, as we said. We also have, thank God, two healthy boys, nine and 12. So sometimes as the years go by, you almost, your, your marriage and your life, as anyone can attest to, becomes habit sometimes, right? Like, you know, what Jason and I started doing a few years ago, and we figured this out during marriage prep. I mean, the marriage prep program has been a huge blessing in our marriage also. I mean, we just, I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it. We learn from it all the time. It's brought us a lot closer.
1: I mean, we always felt we had a strong marriage, but we're like, whoa, we never had you know, we're it's,
3: very lucky. It's, a, it's an amazing, it. amazing program, the way yeah. they, they've redone it. I mean, kudos to everyone that worked so hard and tirelessly to put this program together.
1: So when we first got involved, I mean, it was to help the church. And to be honest with you, selfishly, it's helped, you know, we're, we're, we get more involved because it also, it helps us, you know.
3: So what we started doing is we started writing down expectations for each other. Every few years, we decided, you know, or year, or whenever we feel like we're kind of at a place where there's a little more tension between us, or maybe we're arguing or bickering a little more, maybe we can go back to our expectations because that can change too in your marriage. You know, your expectation when you first get married may be different than five years, or seven years, or three years. So we decided, you know, maybe to kind of revisit that every so often and write down our new expectations for each other within reason sean relax
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you know why I, I so sylvana and i tried this too in the beginning of the year Man, didn't we do this i'm not glad it's not going as well as i mean i don't remember we where we even put them the goals yeah, we, we had
2: like wrote down it was kind of more of a you know the when goals. you start a new year kind of thing and not really a yeah. they yeah. weren't meant to be resolutions they were more so like goals of what we would want you know for ourselves individually um as a couple as parents you know things like that but yeah Sean's right and then I don't know if it's like because COVID happened or what but it just kind of went out the window
3: right well that's normal I think that would be normal it's okay I would just not give up you know when we first started it was I was so adamant I kept telling Jason we got to do it, we got to do it. and then he did his way before I did mine and I was the one that was pushing for it during that week or two, you know. And then he did it, and it took me a lot longer. So don't give up. I would say to keep trying. No, hundred you know, percent, I agree
0: with you guys.
1: What I would what I would say to um, newly married couples, um, oh, even within within the, the first five years, that your expectations um, with expectations is everybody grew up in a different household, and everybody has different a different idea of what marriage is supposed to be. And you can't come into your marriage expecting your wife to, to want to do things or your, or your spouse to, to do things the way you want them done. You have to go into your marriage, creating your, what your, what your normal is in a household. You know, you guys come together, you bring the things that you like from your house. She brings the things that she likes from the house that she grew up in. And you create your own normal and you also know what you don't like, what you don't want in, in, to happen in your home.
3: And a big part of expectations is also transparency, especially when you're, when you're engaged. Uh, I mean, that those to me, go hand in hand while you're engaged as you're revealing your expectations. It's good to be transparent about something that you know, in your heart, you should be telling your fiance, you know, you should really, really, really tell each other while you're engaged.
2: Yeah. Also.
0: Yeah. You don't know- don't um you know for you're talking about newlyweds and you know for us obviously someone and i didn't we didn't live together because you know we did a real catholic marriage where we didn't live together beforehand um if you do live together that's fine that's your business but you know so that first year when we were married we learned a lot about each other that it was like oh we've been dating for like five years it doesn't it's, it's different when you start living right. together for the first time you're like she's never leaving you know <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, di- it's different it's different right and you you, you learn things and some you're like really and then some you're like oh okay that's good but then you know like i used to say you build that foundation you, you take a little bit from what my family taught me and then she took from what her family taught her you know what i'm saying and we and we mix it together and then we, we made a sean and sylvana family
3: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, right yeah you know we're speaking about families so uh, something I want to bring up is in-laws. A lot of times, you know, especially in our community, in the Chaldean community, um, a lot of uh, newlyweds or married couples don't don't realize that when you marry that person, you're marrying their family as well, whether you like it or not, right? But what I want to say is you should like it because if you love that person and you want your marriage to be, you know, smooth and happy, mm-hmm.
2: you embrace
0: that person's family, like her family, my family, as your own. And a lot of people are like don't do that. And then they're like, oh, "My in-laws are this," you know. Like, but why would you? Why would you want to live your life like that? Why would you want to marry that person if that's the way you're going to be living? So, right,
3: yeah. So this is a really big thing in in divorce. It's a really, it's one of the top. I mean, the top two reasons are finances and family. Not just in-laws, family in general, but in-laws obviously contribute to that. So for me personally, I always, when we sit down with the engaged couples, the, one of the first things I say to them is to have each other's back. Mm-hmm. I love my father to death. I love my oh, mother God. to death. But he, <laughs> he needs to come first. If Jason, when we first got married, if he was having an issue with my dad or my brother or my mom, it was up to me to have his back and go and say something to them and vice versa.
1: Vice versa. Even if she's wrong. Even if your wife or your husband are wrong, you have their back at the moment. You take it home. You discuss it at home. You do not.
3: You always stay a united front because you know what? If I fight with Jason and I call my sister or my mom and tell them this is what happened between us, 99% of the time, we're going to make up. Yeah. but my mom and my sister are going to remember what i said about my husband and it's not going to go away for them as easy that's so the picture you that don't, she's gonna paint you don't to want to involve your me. in-laws in your marriage or anybody as, as a matter of fact but it's not you shouldn't do that
1: yeah, yeah because they don't see you all lovey dubby making up kissing and making up and solving that that dumb uh, issue that you had all they remember they' they're painting a nasty picture of you or your wife has painted your spouse has painted a nasty it, picture of you yeah. to 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 her parents or your you're, parents.
3: Um, without knowing, you're really, really giving them negative energy about your spouse. And it's mm-hmm. not going to go away for them right off the bat. And that's not going to be the only... If you complain about them
2: to your family, it's going to happen again.
0: You guys, yeah. Silvana says that all the time. So. Yeah,
2: that's one of the things that Very I- true. I've told Sean, and I one hundred and ten million percent agree with you, Jennifer. Like I've told Sean this, I mean, even his mom knows this. Like his sister, like I tell them all the time. I'm like, listen, like our marriage is not perfect, and we we've had fights. I mean, we've bickered about things. Obviously, like in the beginning, you know, getting adjusted to each other, it was kind of difficult. We've been married, like he said, this September. It'll be five years. I have never once September eighteenth, right? okay I'm
0: 17
2: never once have we had a fight where i've gone to my mom a cousin his mom anybody and complained about him or what he said or what he did because exactly what you said jennifer you and your spouse are going to make up and you're gonna get over it because in the like in the grand old scheme of th- it's like, it's just not a big deal. You know, eventually you're like, oh my God, what were we even fighting about? So, but then like, like you said, the person that you go to and the things that you say about your spouse, that kind of sticks with them for a little bit, you know, and then they mm-hmm. start to kind of see that person in a different light. Yeah. And that's what they're going to remember about that person. They're just going to remember yeah. all the negatives. So if every time you have a fight with your spouse, you go and tell somebody about it. They're going to be
0: like, "Wow, oh, what this, this is yeah. like,
2: this is just a horrible husband that you have. Why'd you even marry?
0: him?" <laughs> Thank you. Baby.
3: Yeah. And we're not knocking. If, if somebody wants to go and tell their mom or their sister, we're not knocking that by all means. If you need that outlet and you really need somebody, talk to somebody who is like-minded, a couple that has a Christ centered marriage, somebody who's going to br- build you up, not tear you down. If yeah. I, if I, if, you have one person that you feel if you were to call them and complain about your spouse that person can rationalize with you and give you the right advice yes not somebody who's going to oh yeah too bad for him you should leave don't talk to him for a week that's what i do no you don't want that negative so if you kind of have couple friends or family that are like-minded and have a christ-centered marriage or relationship then those are the people you would go and vent to
1: right if you need somebody to go talk if you have a friend if you need somebody to confide into, yeah. a guy. But we don't friend.
3: recommend it being your sibling or your parent.
1: Yeah. You know, it has to be, you know what? It has to be someone who is going to tell you, Sean, you're wrong. Go back and apologize to your wife. You were wrong. You did the wrong move.
0: No, listen. You're 100 right. You know, if you have that person, wonderful. But to to, jo- uh, to Jennifer, I almost said Joanne. <laughs> to yeah. Jennifer, to Jennifer and Savannah <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Hey, Joanne. Um, so to Jennifer and Savanna's point, that, that that's very true. Like, but as guys, we don't do that. Like you normally, know, I'm, like, I'm not going to. to my mom, like Bob. Mom, <laughs> do you know what Silvana just did? No, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I don't know. I guess we're built differently, right? Uh, right. So, but. In the, like how you guys both said, in the grand scheme of things, keep it, keep, keep it in the house, right? If you want a happy yeah.
3: marriage. Can I throw in one more thing about in-laws? In thing about in-laws? Yeah. So when you first get married and your wife tries to cook for the first time, please compliment her, even if it's the most horrible food you ever ate, <laughs> especially in front of your family.
0: Yeah, I agree. Listen, to be honest with you guys, and, and for my in-laws, my mother-in-law, I'm her favorite son-in-law. Out of all her son in laws, (laughs) I have her favorite. No, she only has one. It's just me. It's It's
3: John. You're my favorite cousin. You're my
0: favorite cousin. Right. Favorite (laughs) cousin. No, so, no, that's awesome. So, the next topic I want to bring up, and um, Jason and I were talking about this earlier, is um, sex, right? And I know it's a very touchy, right? Good choice of words, touchy subject. (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, so, but what we want to talk about is this, and we're not going to go into it deep, but, you know, I want to bring up NFP because if we're talking about Catholic marriages, we have to talk about NFP. And again, we can have a we can have yeah, we can have a whole uh, talk about NFP, which stands for Natural Family Planning, right? And it's it's a way for the church to teach couples how to you know it's not considered contraceptive or con- contraception, but it is a way to still uh, come together, you know, in the union and with and with an intention of having children but uh, you know in a way to uh measure and track when that time is so that it does it may or may not happen but leaving with the um intention that if it does happen we're we're happy to take the children because a lot of times a lot of couples
1: organic way it's an organic way to kind of um uh plan when you get pregnant and and Um, But you're not preventing it from happening completely. Yeah,
3: it's not a contraceptive. And most importantly, it's approved by the church. And just for people who would like to learn more about it, they do have a class that's taught every other month at Mother of God Church, an NFP.
0: Good. Yeah, no, thank you, Jennifer, for that. Because uh, a lot of uh, couples, they say like, oh, wait, can't we just do anything? And, you know, because we're married. Yeah, but no. Uh, you know, we had a, we had an awesome couples night um, and Father Pierre was answering all these questions for the couples. And there was some if I tell you out of the, all the questions, maybe 70 plus questions were about sex. A lot of couples are not are not um, are not very you know, knowledgeable about that. And I listen. I stress this a lot. And I've talked to many of my friends who are priests. Don't go shopping for an answer. They'll be like, okay, I asked like six priests until you finally get that one answer. We're like, can we do this? Yeah, 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 you could do it. And then you, you can do it. That's not how it works. Trust me, you know, when I tell you this, you, if you want to have a great marriage, you have to try to practice NFP, right? And I will tell you something people say, oh my God, you know, it's not the time when I have sex with my wife. Sort of, yeah, but I, I've talked to many couples. Who do practice NFP, and they, and they tell me it's grown them more in intimacy than anything else. So, but one thing I also want to mention, and uh, sadly, uh, not just in marriages, but in the world today, you know, pornography, um, how it's, it's it's polluted a lot of men, women, and men, but mainly men's minds. And you know, um, I mentioned before that Salman and I love Pope John Paul, well, you know, Saint John Paul but you know he said this about pornography he said pornography is not bad because of what it sh- of what it shows but because it shows so little. And you're like, what do you mean it shows so little? It's, they're naked. But what he meant by that was it doesn't show the true intimacy of the gift that God gave us, which is the gift of coming together you know, through in marriage but with sex, right? But that intimacy, it doesn't show that intimacy. It only shows you one side of it. And what happens to men, we get like blinded by what we, the expectation of what we believe sex should be like. Or if women are watching right. it, like what men should be like, and then when you really do it, you're like, wait a minute, that's nothing how I would just watched. You're like, no, it's right. not.
1: But right. and, and and you and and it, um, you know, lust is a sin, and you and and when you're lusting for when you're when you're watching porn and you're trying to bring that into the bedroom, it's like you're lusting for something else. Correct. You know, and and it's- and
3: and it's allowing devil the devil some space in your marriage, and you you don't want to do that.
0: Right, which, which actually brings me to what I wanted to talk about was um, having a Christ centered marriage, you know, versus what you just said right now. Um, you know- before you do that, before we get into that, Sean, I I, I,
1: I want to make a strong point that I think um, a woman should never withhold sex from her husband because she's angry, and she should never have sex. Because she wants something. Jason, that is not healthy. That is not healthy in a marriage.
0: You know, it's funny you bring that up because when Siobhan and I were actually signing our marriage papers, and um, it was Father Andrew Siba, and he was signing, he was telling someone he, he looked at Siobhan and he said, Listen, now you guys are about to get married. You should never withhold sex from Sean. And I looked at her and I smiled. I was like, Did you hear that? And she's like, We'll see. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: Sean's definitely going to take advantage of that one. Like, God said <laughs> this. Yeah, <I> <laughs> well,
3: we it in the marriage prep program, also actually believe it or not, it is it is a very valid you know subject, and it's a problem for some people in their marriage. So, yeah.
0: listen. So for all you guys listening, if you guys just show show your wife or make my listen to this exact part where that God said this that your wife cannot withhold <laughs> sex from you.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> so, but going back to uh, what I was saying, having a Christ centered marriage. So, like. With myself and my wife, Silvana, you know, we always try to, um, you know, pray together as a family. Because right now, if you're going to be married, and we always say we're going to grow together and be together for the rest of, hopefully for the rest of our lives, why not, if I'm going to grow in my faith, lead my wife and my children to God as well, right? It's it's our duty as heads of the house, how you said, right, to lead our families to Christ. Like, for example, like, you know, it's something as small as this, like our children who are three and two well he'll be two in in, in a week not even uh, when we pray now or when we eat our two year old will say wait a minute we didn't say grace i'm like oh okay and then we'll, we'll all hold hands and say grace and they always see me like kneeling in front of the statues in our house and then they'll come and kneel next to me and i teach them about god and so and i always pray together you know we, we try to do novenas we try to do rosaries in the beginning of COVID, when everyone was doing um, ba'utha, for the listeners who don't know what ba'utha is, it's one of our Eastern Rite prayers. It's a very, very ancient prayer that we, you know, we we pray. It was like a three-day fast that we do, and someone and actually did the whole prayers, you know, together as a couple. So those kind of things, and I, I swear I will tell you, I, it's we've heard the same before. Uh, couples that pray together stay together, and I will tell you that our marriage has become more fruitful from us praying.
3: Correct. That's a, that's another big part of, um, the marriage prep program. On the fourth and final week, marriage prep is broken down over four weeks. There are different topics, um, each week. And on the fourth week, they usually will have clergy lead the beginning of the night, you know, either a priest or sometimes Jeff Kassab or, and then they break off into small groups, which Jason and I, and that's one of the things we do. We're small group leaders. And we do adoration with each couple to us. And I can speak for both of us. It's one of our favorite parts of the marriage prep program. So what happens is we take each couple and lead them in adoration. Jason and I will go and kneel and uh, for a few minutes in adoration, then we get up and we sit back down in the pew and each couple in our small group, which usually can range from like, you know, 10 to 15 couples, one couple at a time, go up and, kneel and adoration together and we get to sit in the back of the church and watch them all do this it's such a beautiful moving moment and when we sit with the couples afterwards every single one of them you we could just tell by looking at them that they just seem like more together i don't know how to explain it it's it's absolutely amazing
1: it's like what a way to end the what a way to end the marriage prep right was with that?
3: Yeah, it's very powerful. It's it's really amazing.
1: It oh, is the okay. one thing, Sean. Sorry, one thing I want to point out about um, what, what you were talking about: uh, we're to lead our 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 wives, our family to church. Is you know, it's if your wife wanted to go to church and you were discouraging her from, oh, I don't want to go. Why don't you take the kids? You go. You know that is a bigger sin than. Than actually just not going, you know, you you not wanting to be on that spiritual path. Of course, because you are you are preventing your family from from go, from going to church because she might say, "I'm oh, no, I'm not going to go. If you're not going to come, we're not all going to go." Yeah. Right? No, I uh,
0: I agree with that hundred percent.
3: Well, I, because it's a mortal sin to miss mass. That's why he's saying it. But otherwise, you know, it's very important to say. As a couple or people in general, everyone is on a different spiritual path. So it's not our place to judge. If I want to go to adoration and Jason doesn't want to, I could simply maybe suggest it to him or tell him, you know what, honey, I would love it if you came with me. And if he wants to willingly, that's fine. If in my heart, I feel like maybe my husband is that um, spiritual enough, maybe I could pray for him, but I shouldn't knock him for his spiritual journey and he and vice versa. So it's very important to remember that as a married couple, you may not be on the same spiritual path. You guys are very lucky that sounds like that you are, but not every couple is. So it's very important to like for us to make that point. So there's no wrong way, you know, for you to worship.
1: No, hundred percent. Bottom line, we need to worship.
3: Yeah, we need to exactly. I don't mean not to. I'm just saying, you know, if I adoration is my thing and the rosary is his thing. We shouldn't judge each other for that. Is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And everyone prays differently than how you yeah. said. So what you, I want to you know do now gonna, is, that.
3: I'm going to fight with him later because of that.
0: I, it's yeah. okay. <laughs>
1: I pray better than you
0: do. I'm like, all
3: right. Listen,
2: I'm
0: a lot, I'm a, I'm a lot holier than Salama. That's just everyone knows that. Yes. In our family. I,
2: I wholeheartedly agree with that. 100.
0: Um, so. I wanna I, I wanna wrap it up a little bit, but before I do, you guys have been married for fifteen years. I, that's, that's amazing. And you know, I, I've known you guys for a very, very long time. Just and I I even knew you before um, you married Jennifer, and it's crazy because your cousin ended up marrying my cousin. Like, what a small world, Travis, right? It's yeah, crazy. small well, world. Uh, yeah, I love that guy. So but if you were to give some advice to couples who have been married, either newlyweds or have been married for 15 years. Give us some advice that you guys would want to give, what you would give in like your marriage prep classes for people who have a great marriage like how you guys do.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is honesty. Be open about everything. Be honest with your spouse about everything. Where you are with your finances. Do you have student loans? Do you have debt? You know, how much do you make? You know, don't sugarcoat anything. If you can't afford something, just tell her, I can't afford it. So money is a big issue. Trust, respect. Um, and, and I think if you're honest, honesty builds trust, you know? Um, and I think you guys have, I think there has to be trust in the relationship. You know, there's, you know... <laughs> I've heard stories of, of women holding their husband's phone to their face while they're sleeping. Cause they want to get into their phone and see, see what they have. I mean, if I have to live my life like that, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, there's no way I'll ever have to live my life like that. And I, I don't want to be in a marriage where I would have to do something like that. So, um, so I think trust, honesty, communication Mm-hmm. open, honest communication, be upfront with each other. I mean, sometimes the truth hurts, but if you don't say it, if you don't open up about how you feel, all you're doing is you're letting things just build up and build up and build up until one day you either explode or you're not happy or you're miserable. And and, and by then it's, it's a, a, you have a bigger issues and bigger problems that you need to fix.
0: Yeah, you're hundred percent right. You know, um, so thank you guys for that. You know, when Savant and I were on our honeymoon, um, we were sitting next to a couple, and they were celebrating their 43rd anniversary. And I told the guy, man, we haven't even been married for three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And we're on, our, we're on our honeymoon. And I told him, can you give us some advice? And he said, yeah. He said, but I come from a different time than you. I said, okay, tell me, tell me your advice. And he said, I come from a time when something was broken. We fixed it. We didn't just throw it away. you know." And unfortunately, like our cancel culture that we have nowadays, you know, people are more prone to just throw things away instead of fixing things. So, but, Mm -hmm. you know, going to that, Savannah and I actually sit with Father Bashar sometimes. He's our spiritual advisor, and he gave us these seven elements um, of a marriage. And Savannah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so um, we just wanted to basically list them for everybody. Obviously, if you want to do your research or talk to a priest about them, but he told us the seven elements of a marriage are, um, and Jason actually touched on a lot of these, respect, respect, sacrificing, trust, communication, advocate. So be each other's advocate, um, loyalty and being a good listener.
0: For- uh, yeah. No, hundred percent. You know, again, Jason and Jennifer, you know, I thank you guys both for coming on the podcast. Um, I love you both for even taking the time to sit with us and I'm sure, you know, what your testimony and everything you guys just gave us, our listeners will, Love it and take it, you know, towards either their marriage prep or their marriage, and hopefully that you'll bring some fruit to their marriage. You know, um, I I want to leave with a um, cl- closing Bible quote, and it's from Genesis, and it says, so God created man in his image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish and the sea of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living creature that moves in the earth and i want to tell my listeners this i've lived both ways i've lived single and jay i'm sure you probably you know will agree the same thing i've lived single and i've lived it up right and i've lived being married and i can tell you something when i look at my wife and my children you know, and the, and the who, who I am today and where I am today, I'd much rather choose this over my single life. Not for those who are single, it's okay. But I'm telling you, if you're thinking about it, make sure that you pick the right person to marry to, and make sure that you know you like how Jason said, and Savannah and Jennifer. We all talked about it. That you're open with each other and honest, and that you you talk about what you want your life to be, not just your wedding day. Again, guys, I thank you both for coming on the podcast. God bless you both. God bless your marriage. And like I always say in all my um, closings, remember to go forth with confidence because you have the right to be Catholic. God bless everybody. Thank you.
3: You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to
2: ecrc.us.